Nate, what's going on, bro? I appreciate you doing this. Finally, man, it's been it's been like a year. We've been trying to do this. We have. You're a busy man. You're playing professional basketball out there in Turkey, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a crazy life. It's fast paced, lots of lots of travel days and stuff. So I'm happy that today was an off day, and you and I've been talking more and more recently. So I'm happy we were able to get on. What food from home do you miss the most being out there? Other than my mom's like home cooked meals. Like yeah. if I had to like choose a restaurant. I don't know. Lexington has some gems. I and I, I live there now, so I I really I really kind of got into it this summer. Uh, nothing beats Tony Steakhouse. Jeff Ruby's is solid too. I won't lie, but like a first watch breakfast, man. <laughs> I know. And I know that, first watch yeah. is a chain. I know it is, but there's something about it. It's just delicious. That's allowed to be your food though, because you miss that home. You know the home comfort food you miss. Yeah. So I know you had a game yesterday. I'm obsessed with traveling, so we're going to talk about that down the road. I want to rewind, talk about you growing up. Emporium, Pennsylvania, I just looked, population just over 2,000. Is that ultimate small-town living? Oof, man, ultimate small-town living. It is. When I was, when I was there and like when I was in high school, I might have I known 1,400 of those people. It, really? It's crazy. Yeah, like you, like I, I don't know. I know, I know a lot of people there still, but like when I go home now, like I, I recognize a lot of the same. It's just, it's just a bunch of old people too. Like it's people that I grew up with, like all the old guys I would watch in my high school games, and like they were just always like I'd be going to get breakfast with my friends, and they'd be like, hey, grab some more rebounds or box out. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So that's kind of like in central Pennsylvania. What team do they root for? Is it the, you know, the Bullets, Wizards, Sixes, or Knicks? Because it's kind of in the middle, isn't it? Or no? It, I think basketball-wise, it, it kind of varies. A lot of people are Philly fans, uh, but also a lot of people, like, they love the superstars. Like, they love Kevin Durant. They love, you know, everybody loves LeBron. It's hard not to love them, to be very honest. And then, like, when I played at Kentucky, everybody's big fans of Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel. So, like, my next-door neighbor is, like, a huge, huge Emmanuel Quickly fan. And uh, Emmanuel sent him, like, a personal video for Christmas one year, and it made his day. Oh, that's sick. It, it, and, like, Emmanuel, if you know him, he's such an amazing person. And I just had texted him, and I was like, hey, like, my next-door neighbor back home is the biggest fan like got your jersey, got like the game shorts and everything. What? And he was like, I got you. Sent him like a 30-second video, like wished him good luck in the upcoming season. He was on junior varsity, and I was like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Who was uh, who were your guys growing up? I know LeBron Durant now. Who were your guys growing up? Number one, not even close, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Not even close. So that it's Kobe and then everybody else. Yeah. Like – Obviously, I don't think Kobe's the greatest of all time. Like I, I, I'm stuck between Jordan and LeBron just because my dad was a big Jordan guy, and then, yeah, you know. So every time we were like, "LeBron's the best," my dad's like, "No, he's not." <laughs> Watch this. But like Kobe was my favorite player, and like as I got older and I like watched these videos and learned about his work ethic, like that's something that I. It's impossible to you know to emulate, but I've tried to to emulate that the best that I can in my journey in my basketball career and. You know, and everywhere I go, I try to leave that lasting impression that like might not be the most talented guy, or the most athletic, or the fastest, but like I'm, I'm going to work hard. You can't. My goal is that you can't say that I didn't. You know, you play any other sports growing up? I did. I played baseball and uh, and football, and I was I'm young for my grade. Like yeah. my birthday's in May, so for baseball, I 
was in like that weird cutoff where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all my friends were 13. So they moved up and I was still 12 with my one friend, Taylor. So we played little league when they moved up to what a senior little league. So they played in the big field and I was like five, nine throwing <laughs> heat off the mat. Like I was, it was bad. I was like as big as some of the dads, like they were like, you're going to hurt somebody. So they started walking me and it was like this big deal. Uh, so I stopped playing baseball after that. And then I played football up until ninth grade and I loved football. I was a defensive end and a tight end and I played quarterback a little bit and I got I tore my labor in my freshman year of college. I can't throw football the same, but I used to be able to chuck a football and it's just not, it's not the same anymore, but I did play and I loved it. And then I just started cheering my friends on it. Like the high school games, obviously basketball, you bowled out double, double senior year. Bucknell, did any of the schools have a legitimate shot at you? You want to stay halfway close to home? Yeah, I, I really wanted to stay close to home. I think having my family at the majority of my home games like meant a lot to me. Um, but, like, I know Wofford was a school that mm. uh, their coach recruited me really, really hard. Um, Niagara was the first school. I Sorry, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, Coach Lombardi, still to this day one of my, like, good family friends. He recruited the crap out of me. There's like a Division II school is the first school that offered me a scholarship. First Division I school is Niagara. And I really like Niagara. And a, a buddy of mine ended up going there, and he was really, really good. Uh, Don Rob, he's from Pittsburgh. He's an AAU teammate of mine. And, but like a bunch of the Patriot League schools. And I, I got to give a, a really big shout-out to Charles Lee. He's with the Celtics now, but he recruited me to Bucknell. And he was like the saving grace because I was like a weird, like late bloomer. So it was, I was like six, six and a half, six, seven. And I was telling everybody I was six, eight, (laughs) but he was just like, you know, work ethic and everything is unmatched. Like you just have a guy that just shows up and works hard. He's tough and all these things. And he kept forcing the envelope with uh, coach Dave Paulson, who was at Holy Cross now, I believe he was, it was like this. I wanted to go to Bucknell badly because I went on a visit in the summer for a camp and I walked around campus and I was like with my brother Andrew and I was like, dude, I mean, I need to go here. Like this, this is, is a school that I want to go. This is it. Not even close. And that was the only school I visited. And same thing for, for grad school. I only visited Kentucky, but Bucknell was by far the best, probably the best four years of my life. Let me ask you about that because smaller school, still a well-known mm-hmm. school. You go to the big dance twice. You almost beat West Virginia. You almost beat Michigan Man. State. How big of a um, thing is that on campus when you guys are in the tournament? Does the whole school just like, this is it. You're our team. We go all in for you guys. Oh, it's crazy. Like we uh, – a buddy of mine, Noah Mulk, he was uh, in a fraternity. I don't remember and I don't want to butcher any names. I can't remember which one he was in. But he was like the like our biggest fan. And we were in a uh, – african-american history class our freshman year and we just got super close and he was it was like a couple of my teammates a bunch of random kids and then noah and he was like this outspoken like really i'm like this we were all like this kid's you know jackass yeah ends up being one of our best friends (laughs) in college and like to this day is still one of my good friends and he like flipped like the narrative with basketball there like with the fans like it was crazy over winter break, like nobody was there, you know, students aren't necessarily there. And then we started winning games in my sophomore year. We were really good. 
We won the Patriot League championship, stormed the court. Everybody was there, sold out. My junior year, we were really, really good. And it was like almost every game was sold out. Kids were staying on campus or coming back from New York. They live in New York. And Noah was like the biggest like culprit, if that's even the right word. Yeah, like the biggest booster for you guys. Man, and and we, you know, and at the time you can't like, you can't benefit from like the NIL stuff. But it was like, you would go in and it was like, your poster was in like the, the front of like all the hometown stores. Like you go to restaurants, there's like a cutout of our center. Nana Fallen, monster, absolute monster. I'm pretty sure he was back-to-back player of the year, thousand-point scorer. Might have had, might have had a thousand rebounds, but like all-conference defensive player of the year, scholar athlete. The guy was a, was a monster, and he crushed it. All four. I mean, I was I was with him for three years. Every year I was there, he just dominated, and he was a big reason. Him, his class was a big reason why we won. And everybody always says, like, my grade was, like, the glue. Just four guys that just kind of kept the team. And, like, I don't get to talk to those guys every day. But, like, when we do, it's instant catch-up. I love it. Yeah, because you guys legit almost won both times. Even West Virginia and Michigan State, you guys legitimately almost won back-to-back game, well, back-to-back seasons there in tournament. That, that was tough, man. And we lost, to, we lost to Michigan State in Detroit. That, like, it was like a 45-minute – bus trip for them or whatever it is from uh east lansing to detroit and i'm like the whole you walk in the arena all green and it's like this little <laughs> section of orange in the in the corner and they were loud though that that orange section was was loud but it was it was a oh that's a heartbreaker too you uh the transfer portal is pretty new tell me how it works obviously you knew you were highly recruited you knew you were a guy you were on every list you know top guys to look for in the transfer thing I know you You just told me you only visited Kentucky. How does that work? Mutual interest? Because the internet never lies, Nate, and it said that Brad helped recruit you. Is Brad Calip- Is that true or is that like a rumor? It No, it, it's true. So my assistant coach at Bucknell, Joe Meehan, uh, he worked with a company that takes kids on college – or not on college, on overseas tours where you do like these uh, – it's like a goodwill tour. You go, you like you – know, you bring a bunch of supplies for uh, like – communities that need it or you like wash wash feet whatever the the case is whatever your your group does and brad did a tour with my assistant coach joe and obviously joe joe's a fan i I talk to him almost every day like he's just a he's a fantastic guy and he uh he and brad got really close brad got close with a couple of my teammates and so when two of my teammates went or three of them and we're like man you guys are friends with brad calipari that's that's pretty crazy like like Coach Cal, yeah. We were, <laughs> so I I had the extra year of eligibility. I didn't want to I didn't want to go to college another year. So the senior year going going into my senior year at Bucknell, I was like I had told the Bucknell staff like I really I really contemplated. I was like I don't know it wasn't going to work out academically at Bucknell, so I would have had to transfer anyways. And I was like I don't know if I want to do another year of college. Like that's just. You know, I want to go be a pro. I want to make some money. Like, mm-hmm. tired of paying cash and card at Chipotle, you know? So <laughs> I'm like, man. So it gets to the end of my senior year at Bucknell, and we're in the conference championship. And I had – I had been kind of going back and forth a little bit in my brain. Like, do I want to go? Do I want to stay? And I was like, depends on how the rest of the year goes. And we had the conference championship – 
for the third year in a row, back-to-back years against Colgate. Colgate had – we had beaten him at home, and then we lost to him at Colgate. That's a tough place to play. Hamilton, New York, I, I, won't, I won't talk badly about their coach because he's an unbelievable coach. But, the, like, Hamilton, I, it was a horrible place to play. Nobody was there. They'd have, like, 40 fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like the football guys. So championship day, we go packed, like insane, and we end up losing the conference championship. And just like I was just like, man, this is ah, I'm like I'm in the locker room crying with my boys, and on the other side of me, I'm like, I still have another go at this if I want. And I just remember we had like a five hour bus ride home, and texting my brother Andrew, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, dude, number one, like. Met, like mellow in this loss like be with your guys don't worry about that right now it's like all right so i you know i gave it about a week and i was like man this sucks like so i i reached out to my coach my assistant coaches at bucknell and i was like hey like i need i need some help i need some guidance and they're like let let us reach out to some people that we know see what kind of feedback we can get first and i was like cool and everybody was like you know like you're you're good you're gonna have to you have to guard better you have to move better so i was like okay but I had a, a pretty much I had a broken foot the whole playoffs. Uh, I, had, I had the same injury that PJ Washington had that foot sprain with the Liz Frank. I did that exact same thing, and I just like, I wasn't practicing. I was just playing. And I was in a walking boot. Like I, they were, like, I was trying to hide it and everything. But like six eight and walking around with a boot on my foot, everybody's like, okay. <laughs> I had a scooter. Like no pressure oh, on the foot except wow. for game day. And so I'm in this I'm in this boot walking around campus after the season. I was off of it for like four weeks on this scooter. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, this really sucks. Coach Meehan was like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Like, I want to see the kind of feedback I can get. And my, my the head coach of Bucknell now, John Griffin, was like, if you open these floodgates, it's about to be mayhem. And I just remember I was in his office and he was like, do you really want to do this? And I was like. I was like, yeah, go down to the, what is it? Not CIS, the, whatever the office is for communications and stuff for the NCAA, go down there and put my name in there, sign the paper, put my, like, I signed the waiver to put my name in. And it was like 10 minutes later, I started like getting phone calls. It was nuts. Like you, you get recruited all over again. It was, and it was, oh man, like. Mayhem isn't even the right word. Imagine West Virginia's press, but like 500 people <laughs> in the backcourt. Like it was, it was crazy. And, but it was the most humbling experience for me because like I had never been recruited like that. I had like 14 or 15 offers out of high school and I had like 80 something for grad school. Jesus. And, and it was all like high major schools. And I was like, man, this is freaking nuts. Like, and coach Meehan was like, Hey, like, I can text Coach Cal, like I have a relationship with him and Brad, and I was like, "Yeah, right, you're going to text Coach Cal," and he was like, "No, dude, like it's a shot in the dark. Like, why not?" Texted Coach Cal, I was like, "Hey, I got a guy that just entered the transfer portal. You know, six eight, shoots the ball really well, can post up, like a, a strong guy can guard fives. <clears throat> like, obviously needs a little bit of help with guarding on the perimeter, but like, you're Kentucky, you can fix that." Cal was like, send me his film. I'll get back to you. We have practice because they're in the NCAA tournament now. I get a call from Coach Meehan at like 1030 at night. He's out of breath. And I'm like, 
Yo, are you good? <laughs> and he's like, yo, I just got off the phone with Coach Cal. He's going to call you tomorrow. And I was like, what? No freaking way. I'm in a gym shooting free throws. And I, I don't even know why I was shooting. I couldn't even move. I'm like on a scooter, just on a gun, just shooting free throws. I had headphones in. And it was like, my phone had been going off like crazy. I was a bunch of numbers I didn't know. And Lexington, Kentucky popped up, and it didn't click. Oh, I just answered it. And he's like, I was like, hello. He's like, Nate. I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, it's Coach Cal. And I was like, I wow. muted it. I muted it, and I screenshot it. I sent it to my <laughs> boys. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is, this is Coach Cal Perry. And our first conversation was awesome. He was like, every clip I saw, you were talking. You're a great teammate. You're helping people up. You're high-fiving guys. He's like, you don't get that at big schools except for the great schools. And he's like, I need one of those guys on my team. And, like, from then on, I was just like, man, if Kentucky offers me a scholarship, like, this is a, no, this is a no-brainer. And it it could not have gone – like, it, it could not have gone better. It was just the most seamless – like, conversations were easy and, like, free-flowing. He never – like, he didn't pester me or anything like that. He was like, hey, like, I'm in a position here, like, I need to win games. Like, I'm I'm also super busy. But he's like, I want you to know that I really want you to come here. Scheduled my visit and everything the day after my mom's birthday. And, like, my mom and dad went down with me. Um, Coach Meehan ended up – he, like, NCAA-wise, like, he couldn't come with me on the visit. He paid for himself to come down. But he wanted to experience it with me. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Like, this is something that you just – you don't you don't beat this and like to have a guy that helped me through all my four years at Bucknell, helped me get over a couple of surgeries, like he was able to see like what I, you know, kind of like blossomed into coming from like all the way back to Charles Lee, where I was supposed to be a project with wow. Bucknell for four years, like was full circle. And I, I committed at the end of my visit. I was like, I'm, this is yeah. Right in the airport with Coach Barbie. I was like, I'm in, man. Like so that it's done. Like I'm, I'll tell everybody else. Like I appreciate the phone calls and everything. I was but like, it's Kentucky. Yeah, it had to be. Like it, you just don't get you don't get any better than that. Let me ask you this: Were you intimidated not because of your skill, because you can compete and play with everyone beyond hold your own? Knowing that you're, I know you're the youngest sibling of like five, but now you're the senior dude with all these young babies coming in. Was that something you're like? kind of weird or were you okay with it because you were a senior already and kind of you knew what you were doing i think i I was like you said i'm the youngest of five so i've been a little brother my whole life and i was always the youngest guy in school i was always the youngest guy in my teams and finally i was like one of the old guys and or the oldest guy and the thing that i was intimidated about was how freaking good these kids were i wasn't worried about like being able to corral like young kids because i i did it at Bucknell with the freshman class, but I was like, these kids are NBA players in high school coming in and like, I'm trying to get there. So I was like, I wanted to find a good balance of like, what can I do to, you know, continue to be myself. And I'm a big goofy, like kind of 65 year old man in a 20, (laughs) now 26 year old body. But like back then 22 year old body, like how can I still be myself, but also be like strict and disciplined, but still also be 18 at the same time to like understand what they're going through. So I, I feel like I did a good, I mean, hopefully my teammates can, can vouch for me there, but like meeting Tyrese Maxey for the first time, like, I'm like, damn, this is Tyrese. This kid's a, 
first round draft picks. But this, he's like the top guy, smiling. He's the same. Like he's the same now as he was when he was seventeen years old when I met him, or eighteen years old. Like amazing. I think that was the thing that I was worried about. Though was like, I was a little intimidated with like all the stuff that was coming with them. Like they're so good. They have all this hype, all this stuff. And I was like, you got to leave that at the door. Like when you come in here and I they like Tyrese is so mature for like for being an 18 year old kid with like all the, I couldn't imagine being, having all the people in his ear that he might've had, like being told you're going to be this or this or this. It's like, man, I just want to be a freaking 18 year old college kid, like playing video games with my friends and, you know, hopping on a plane going to florida to play for like i don't know i i just think that the the big brother aspect for me really helped because i had great big brothers myself and i had great older teammates that had kind of helped shape me into being a good leader biggest difference lewisburg lexington food nightlife give me the biggest biggest uh, difference man fan base it's not even close it's insane it's actually it's uncomfortable the fan base right you know what? I I saw uh, a thing on Twitter the other day because Florida played Kentucky at 12. And there was a guy's shirt that said, wake up, pound beers for stoops. And I was like, I I don't like I, I don't really have the opportunity to always watch college football, but I watched this game. I was like, I want that shirt. Like, <laughs> I, I need to find it. I need to find a way to get that shirt. But, like, the way that Stoops was like, if I know one thing about the state of Kentucky is that these guys can drink, like, he's right. It was a noon game. People are hammered at eight. Like, <laughs> it, it, it was that – you weren't getting that in Lewisburg. You got a bunch of old, like, retired doctors and dentists and, like, finance people that were showing up to the games. And, like, you would, you would like – like I said, like, our center, Nana, he would have, like, a 25- and 15-point game, and they would just, like, firmly shake his hand. Meanwhile, Kentucky fans were like shirts off, face painted. Like, uh, it was, and they're bringing their whole family. They're bringing mom, dad, yeah. grandma, grandpa, everybody. So I think fan base for sure. And then nightlife was just like it. Lewisburg's like a really quiet city, and Bucknell's just kind of like a little part. Mm-hmm. We're like Kentucky University is like smack dab yes. downtown. Everybody's there. Everybody knows it. That team was stacked. You said Maxley, uh, IQ was there. Nick Richards, Hagen's. Your first game is at the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. How does it – because I, I, I'm always a big pinch-yourself kind of guy. No matter who I have on, small little town in Pennsylvania, Bucknell, Kentucky, and your first game's at the Garden. Like, take me through that because that's – I remember, you know, I'm a fan. I'm, I live right right next to the Garden. I'm there. And I'm like, all right, this is no joke. You forget their 18-year-old kids, in your case, 22 babies playing at Madison Square. And how was it the first time there at the Mecca? You know, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps again right now, like, because I'm just, I'm going back in my head, like, I met Bill Walton at Shoot Around, and I'm like, yo, this is, like, what? This is nuts. And, like, John Wall was there, Kevin Durant was there, I'm pretty sure Denzel Washington was there. <laughs> like, you're, I'm, I'm like, getting warm-ups, like, shooting some jumpers, like, trying to dunk and, like, look cool, and it's like, oh, my God, that's Denzel Washington, courtside. And, like, John Wall and Katie are there. But I think the coolest thing for me was, like, my mom and dad, my brother Jason, and my sister Chris uh, were there, and they got to see it. So, like, for my dad, being the guy that went to every – never missed an AAU game of mine, like, in the four years that I played. Like, never missed a tournament, not a game. Like, he got to hear me get called out for the starting lineups, like, in the greatest gym in the world. 
And other than the birth of his five kids, that might have been his favorite day. I, I, I don't know. It like, but for me, it was just like the most humbling because I didn't come to Kentucky expecting to start or like I expected to come in and like learn and grow just like these kids. And it, it clicked when Cal was like, you know, Nate, you're going to, you know, you're going to get the start against Michigan State. And I was like, at the garden, yeah. My excitement. What? I was like, oh, cool. And then I get my, my room after practice. I'm like, God, like, this is sick. And then, like, to hear it, I was, and I was number one, uh, like, my jersey was number one. So they're like, you know, number one, you know, power forward from Emporium, Pennsylvania. And then you look at everybody else, it's like New York, Chicago, yeah. LA, Dallas. And then it's like Emporium, Pennsylvania. Everybody's like, what the hell? Like, where's this? And I'm like, like, hey, the lights are they're as bright as they are here as they are in my hometown, too. So it was, man, that was like probably top five college basketball moments for me. I always love when I have Kentucky guys on. I've had a ton of them. And they're always like either the first time they played the Garden, whether it be a college or the first time the pros are like, it's just different. Like the forum's the forum, the Boston Garden, but it's like you're in New York City, the Mecca. And because I go to every Kentucky game when they're up here, it's flooded there with blue, like Big Blue Nation, yeah, you were legit, if you didn't know, like, oh, the, this is where Kentucky plays their home game. Like, the first time Kentucky came up here, I was a Kentucky fan forever. I didn't know that the fan base was crazy. I was just a crazy New Yorker who loved Kentucky basketball. And the first time they came up here, I'm like, oh, my God, they're all up here. Like, their fan base is nuts. Yeah, like, they're, they're insane. <laughs> and when I first committed, like, I had a picture from, like, when I was a sophomore in high school at a three-on-three, and I had a Duke basketball shirt on. Oh, no. And I loved Duke basketball growing up. Loved them. Of like, course. Loved J.J. Redick, uh, Kyle Singler, like all those guys. John Shire, Greg Paul. Like I wanted to be Greg Paulus so bad as a, a young guy. I was a point guard on my, like, my middle school team. I was like, I wanted to be Greg Paulus. And people were like, how can you even wear that yes. blue? And I'm like, in my head at the time, I'm like, it's kind of the same color. And then I, now, now I realize it's drastically different. Yeah. <laughs> So I got to make sure people understand that. But at first I was like, it's blue. And then I was like, no, 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 they, yeah, I understand it now. But you walk in there and it was, what, there's 19,000, 20,000 people and 18,000 of them are Kentucky fans. It's insane. You hit a shot. You would think that the Knicks were playing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the Celtics. In a playoff game. I know the, the place was shaking. I remember the first time was the Anthony Davis game when they, when they played there the first time. And the place was shaking that game. When they played Kansas. Let me ask you this. I actually don't know the answer to this. Obviously, that was as a fan. I'm going to talk as a fan now. It was the up and down season. You know, rank number one, lose to Evansville. Then you're, you go to Vegas, lose two. It, the roller coaster season, I was, you know, on, on jumping off the bridge every night. Then you guys are on a roll. You have, you have that famous game in Florida, and then COVID hits. Obviously, it's probably the biggest what if ever. You know, it's what if Leitner gets thrown out for doing the stomp, and what happens if yeah. COVID doesn't happen? Why didn't you come back for one other year? Because weren't they allowing people to come back? That was – I always wanted to ask you that. It was, it was the next year's seniors could come back. Oh. And it made me, it made me hmm. sick. It like oh. I had a meeting with Cal and he was like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm going to fight for you to stay. Like if you want to, I'll go, I will go to bat for you. But if you don't, I'm not going to waste my yeah. breath. And I was like, number one, this is a no-brainer. For me to come back, I can develop again. I can get faster. I can get stronger. My girlfriend, who's now my fiance, was still there. They ended up winning a national championship that year. But I'm like, 
okay, like I could still be there. She would be there. It's even better. But I was like, basketball wise, I'm like, this is a no brainer. I'm, I'm going to stay. And Cal was like, okay, like I'll, I'll see what I can do. He's like, and, and he's never going to make a promise that he can't keep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't promise you. He's like, but I'm going to fight for you. And I just remember like, I don't know. It wasn't too much longer after he called me. It was just like, I'm like, I'm sorry, kid. Like it's over. And I was oh. like, no way. <clears throat> and I was still in, like I stayed in Lexington uh, with Madison because uh, we had to move out of the lodge um, within like a certain time or whatever, but she still had her, the house that she lived in. So I lived with her for like a month and a half during COVID. Like I kept my stuff in the lodge for the time that I could, but I was like, man, this is like, I'm walking around Lexington. I'm like, I'll never get to play and Rupp. I'll never get to play like NCAA. That's the whole reason I went there. That was the whole reason I entered the transfer portals. I wanted to play in the NCAA tournament on a team that was going to compete. It wasn't like a team that's just going to go and play one game. Like, you go and you play well in the NCAA tournament. Like, guys get picked up off of this. Of course. And I was like, man, I was I was shooting the ball really, really well at the time. Like, I had finally – I had a terrible month of January, but I finally picked it back up. Like, it's like February, March. I'm playing really well, shooting like 40-something from three, whatever from the free throw line. Like, finally guarding people that I have been waiting the whole year to do. And I'm like, I'm playing great basketball within my role moving into March and then the season ends. And I'm just like, Oh, my. so to answer your question, I would have stayed 150%, not even cool. Like not a question. I was going to roll this. I'm going to be very respectful. Now I was going to say, I remember you were on the academic honor roll for Kentucky, which was sick. I remember they made a big thing about that. One of the games. I'm like, this dude can bowl any smart. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know you were engaged. I was going to ask, how can you possibly make the academic honor roll? I was on the campus of Lexington numerous times and the girls there, I don't know. I'm married now, but when I was, <laughs> It blew my mind. So we'll, we'll um we'll we'll call an audible. Obviously, you're engaged. Are you a romantic guy? How'd you propose? Uh, so we I didn't like wine for for the longest time, and Madison like loves red wine and that now white wine. But she was a big big wine girl in college, and she so like when she and I after my first season as a pro, COVID, uh, like the restrictions and stuff for traveling had like lifted. And she was like, hey, I really want to go to Napa. I've never been out there. And during the pre-draft stuff during COVID, I worked out in Plymouth, California, which is like the opposite side of Sacramento from Napa. So you like go this way to go to Napa and go to Plymouth on a winery that had a gym and everything. Uh, Rich and Joan Merriman are like the two of the best people that they even let me work out there. My buddy from Bucknell, Matt, worked for Rich. So like this big story get me to this winery that had a basketball gym and a weight room and everything was insane but i was like okay like i i like wine now like let's go so we went to like downtown napa has a it is beautiful it's really small kind of quaint like it's just like a bunch of like mom and pop shops a bunch of like the big wineries have like their little open bars downtown so we're like we're gonna stay you know one or two nights downtown and then um we'll go to a different city and try different stuff so domain carneros is the name of uh this like sparkling wine place in napa like in the city of napa and we have gone there the last four years to like kickstart our trip so last year it's may i had already i had bought the ring before i left to come to turkey last year 
I'd never seen it in person. Oh. So I had a, a lady that I know uh, in Philly, Desi, she makes jewelry. And I had reached out to her. I was like, hey, could you custom make me a ring? And she's like, yeah, what do you know? Or like, what do you, what do you, what do you <laughs> like? And I had like this list. And she was like, you might be the only guy I know who knows yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what he wants. So she made it, shipped it to my parents' house. <clears throat> my mom called me and was like, this is unbelievable. Like, this is gorgeous. And I was like, okay. Because like, my mom is a big jewelry person. So I was like, as long as my mom loves it, I'm cool with it. And called Domain Carneros in May. I'm like, hey, we have a reservation uh, June 27th at like 5 p.m. I said, I've been coming here for four years. Now, this will be our fourth year, or third year, third year. Uh, I was like, I'm going to propose. I was like, is there any, like, what? what's the... Like, what, what can I do to, like, make it really special? And the guy, Eric, was amazing. My good friend, this is a, I know this is long-winded. No, my this good is friend great, Mo, man. My good friend, Mo, is a videographer and photographer, and he owns his own production company. He used to film our basketball workouts at the winery that I worked out on in Plymouth. So I reached, and he lives in Sacramento, so I reached out. I was like, Mo, do you still live in Sac? And he was like, yeah. I said, I have an awesome project for you if you're available. He canceled everything for like, so, and Madison doesn't know what he looks like. And I was like, okay, this is going to be perfect. At first, Domain Carneros was like, if you're going to film stuff, you're going to have to have everybody sign a waiver to be in the video. So I was like, damn. Then they were like, you know, it might not be worth it. Long story short, they upgraded us to like be back in like the, like the, the wine list group, their little section so I was like, I upgraded as like a part of like the gift for her, her birthday. So her birthday's in April, but this is in June. And obviously I, we didn't get to spend our birthdays together. And so I was like, okay, you know, upgraded us, whatever. And as I'm walking up the steps to get in there, Mo and his buddy Alex are behind us with all their video, like the video stuff. And I'm like out of the corner of my eye and Mo has sunglasses on. He just like nods. And I was just like, and I have this little, little like a little leather bag across my chest and the rings in there i'm sweating i'm like this is nuts and long story short we we go we like do our tasting and mo and alex were like filming stuff like up in the vines doing all these cool things and they came up to us and they're like hey we were supposed to shoot a commercial for these guys the couple didn't show up like it'll be 15 minutes like if you guys have dinner reservations we get it but like do you want to do it so i looked at matt's like hey we don't have dinner reservations until like seven thirty. 30 is like 15 minutes. Like you cool. Like she was like, yeah, why not? And then they were like, yeah, we'll give you the bottle of champagne when we're done. So I was like free champagne. I'm like, I'm about it. So I stood up. I thought Madison was on to me a little bit, but when I stood up, Mo was like, damn, you're big. <laughs> or he's like, man, you're tall or something like that. And Mad like kind of threw her off. She was like, he wouldn't say that if he knew you. Yeah. Yeah. So Mo really played into it. And so she like was the thing was like from from vine to like from vine to table like the bottles are made right so she's like pulling the vine off or the the bottle off the vine and turns around and like I was down on one knee that is awesome yeah long story that's a long winded story first but. of all that's what's great listen everyone every time you come on it's like oh why'd you choose Kentucky dude to hear something like that's so different bro that's great and was she like crying flipping out and everything so at first she was like. She like covered up. She's like, "Are you for real?" And I was like, "What? What do you mean? Am I for real?" So she like didn't cry right then, but she did later when we were at dinner. 
I was like, man, Mo's not even here filming it. And, you know, but it, it all started in the uh, the athletic training room at Kentucky because her trainer, Katie Poole, the women's volleyball trainer, is from State College, Pennsylvania, like an hour from me. And I got really close with Katie in the summer when I was there because uh, our athletic trainer had left and then Jeff hadn't come in yet. So Katie, obviously knowing Madison, was like, hey, like in the fall was like, Madison, you got to talk to this guy. He's great. Like I worked with him all summer. Mads was like, okay, cool. And then Mads is always asking Jeff, like, what's up with this guy? Like he, like, and I can talk and talk and talk. But every time she talked to me, I just like couldn't find the words. It was insane. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's a joke now because she's like, she's like, yeah, you sure couldn't talk in you know the fall of 20, 2019. She's like, we well, can now. And I was like, because she has like really blue eyes, and she just stared at me the whole time. And I'm like, dude, I can't even. It was like it was like intimidating. And I'm not really intimidated by many people, or I was like, "There's," and I was like, "Here we are now, bro." That's a great later. story. Yeah, I hate that we have to bring it back to basketball. I kind of want to talk more about your romantic side. <laughs> I get it from my dad. To be very honest, I get it. My dad is a a big romantic guy. Dude, that's great though. And I, you probably have you ever told that story on a podcast or anything? That's why it was great. You went all into detail. I really appreciate that. No, I've not. I mean, I've talked to like my my friends about it, but I never. Hopefully, hopefully, a lot of people get a kick out of it. Hopefully, they're gonna, bro, they're gonna love it, bro. Some young people. It's not about just freaking messaging and texting all the time. They love the interactions stuff. matter. Man, throughout the season, we're gonna bring back to basketball. Were you checking mocks? Did you think you were gonna get drafted? Take me to draft night. Were you a little disappointed? There, I throughout the year, I the only time I ever checked drafts like mock drafts was to see where like a manual and would go just because i was like in my head i was like man if i get drafted in at the time i was like this team must be hammered in the room like we're gonna take this guy you know but i had had really really good interviews during the pre-draft process and then they only did the nba draft combine for however many guys and i was killing my workouts like I did like one or two videoed workouts and I shot the ball really, really well. And my interview with Brooklyn went really, really well. And Matt Riccardi, uh, I think he's in Dallas now, was the GM of the Long Island Nets, but the assistant GM for the Brooklyn Nets. And he just, he had texted me after the interview and was like, dude, I loved like your personality, your energy. He's like, that's a great, you're a great locker room guy. He's like, there's a spot for you on a team. It's just a matter of when. And like, even still now, I'm like, I'm 26. I'm like, man, I'm older. I'm like, I'm really not. Like, I hopefully have another like eight to 10 years of playing. And I'm like, I wake up every day and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm someday I'm going to figure out a way to get into an NBA locker room, even if it's for a freaking game. And then they can kick me off the team. Like, what? I don't know what it is. And on draft night, I, there was like a 0.01% chance that I was going to get drafted by Brooklyn because they had like the 55th or 57th pick and I was like my agent was like hey like you had a really good interview and everything but like I'm not gonna say yes I'm not gonna say no he's like just prepare to not be drafted don't worry about it doesn't mean anything a lot of guys that go undrafted still are great pros yeah so I was like okay cool and like I still got a call from the Brooklyn Nets on draft night and they were like hey like we're gonna sign do an exhibit 10 deal like you're coming for training camp and that'll be in December and I was like Right after, yeah, right after Thanksgiving, I was like, "Well, that was go. my question to you because I remember when that happened, I was I wasn't happy because I'm a Knicks fan, so I hate the Nets. 
And I was happy for you. So I'm like, yeah, should I be happy for Nate? No, dude, I was stoked that happened. How does that happen? They just called you up? Because I know other teams can call you up. Why the Nets? They, they had interest in you? So you're like... Yeah, so the the at the time, I'm trying to think of who... Jeff Green was their four-man. KD was their four-man slash three-man. And I think... And they had just drafted Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. Reggie had an unbelievable year at Mississippi. Like, Reggie's a... Mm-hmm. And he's a great pro now. He's... I think he's playing in somewhere in Asia and like doing well for him. Like played in the NBA, was in and out of the NBA and then doing well for himself now. And so I was like, okay, like they're going to bring me in. And uh, my agents are uh, Calvin Andrews and Omar Samhan. They're with Clutch Sports. And they were like, they want a guy that can space the floor and, you know, just show that you have a high motor. You can play defense. Now you're not going to be locking up. Like if you get on the court and you're at the guard Kyrie in a pick and roll or something like no offense, Nate, you're not – he's going to score. But can you contain? That's all it's about. Pass yeah. them off to guys. Switch – like, can you switch comfortably? And I was in great shape. Like, I was – like – but during COVID, you could only have a certain amount of guys on the court. So my, like, training camp experience was, like, I just did a bunch of individual workouts. So it was, it was goofy, and I didn't – in my head, I'm like – I had a jaded experience. I'm like, man, I didn't get to show what I could do. But I'm like, I still did because I played three and three. I played four and four. Like, I played three and three against Amari Stoudemire. How many people get to say that? You know, like, and I hit him with a pump fake and I, dro- I drove and dunked it. And he was like, oh, I like that. And he caught it in the post and then spun baseline and bodied me and dunked it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that. Like, so I, I still got to show what I can do in space of floor and all my workouts. Like, I shot the ball well. I was in great shape, but it was just like, and then I went to uh, the G League bubble, but I had gotten cut like right before Christmas, and I was like, you know what, I'm this is this is just part of the journey. Like, they can only have a certain amount of guys on the training camp roster. They cut me and uh, uh, Jordan Bowden from uh, Tennessee, and and I felt bad for him. He gets there and he got COVID. And then quickly you went right to Tel Aviv. What made you go right to the – I have friends who play in the Israeli league. They loved it. They love uh, – just Israel is one of my favorite places in the world. Tel Aviv, it's stunning, beautiful, the food. You guys win a championship the first year. Two-part question. One, what's the biggest difference with the game here and the game there? And two, how big of a deal was it to win a title in that league? I would say the biggest difference between American basketball and like international, like European basketball is spacing. Like the NBA is so spaced out. Mm-hmm. And there's the defense of three seconds. And in Europe, you got to like uh, Tavares from Real Madrid. He's like seven four. Just put him in the middle of the paint, and he just stands there. He stands there. <laughs> and there's no and there's no repercussions for it. Like he can do whatever he wants to stand there. And so the spacing is different. It's like all. And I'm not saying that the NBA is not like this because I hate when people say there's no defense in the NBA. It is just that the offensive players in the nba are so elite there's so much talent yeah it's oh my god it's disgusting but on the other side of it tactics wise like every game in europe matters not every i and i'll say this i don't think every game in the nba people like Mm -hmm. are dying to win and it's tough because it's like every game here like if you don't win that's a come may for playoffs that's a deciding game for the playoff seedings where like there's 82 games in an NBA regular season. Like you can lose one or two in a row and be like, yeah, we're good. If you lose one or two in a row here and you only play once a week, that's 14 practices that you have that are hard every day. 
Coming off a loss, yeah. Man, so I think every single game matters. And I think tactics-wise, like it's so tactics-driven. X's and O's are super important. Like running the plays, like you might have, you know, 80 to 100 plays in the first month of the season, and then you add another 80. It's like you'll have like five sets, and then like in each of those sets you have five or ten options, and it's like – and then, the, you know, in the middle of the option, coach is like, no, just play the way like, – play what you feel. And you're like <laughs> – so sometimes I'm, like, running the play, and I'm like, I, do I hand it off here? Or can I keep it? And it's like, just play. And then, like, when you just play, sometimes it's like, that's the wrong play. You're like, dude, I, <laughs> oh, I'm stressed. How and beautiful then, is Israel, though, right? Oh, my gosh. I To this day, I and I say this, like, I played for an amazing organization there with Hopwell Cologne. They have some of the best fans like Israel was just, oh, it's just gorgeous. Like the weather's insane. The, the fans are crazy. Like they all come to all the games. They were like one of the best countries with COVID. So like they allowed a hundred percent capacity. So winning the championship, we almost had a hundred percent capacity. And it was, it was like, it reminded me of college. They're in there chanting. There's like the flares or smoke everywhere. Like it was, it was awesome. After one year there, you go to Turkey. You've been playing there for a few years. Turkey is stunning also. I'm a huge tra- – I'm trying to visit every country in the world. So every time you travel, I That's love it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm at 94 countries right now. But um, Turkey is stunning. I love Turkey. You found a home there, and you're playing on, like, the Kentucky Yankees team over there. Like, you're playing on, like, one of the most famous teams there. They have a loyal, crazy fan base too there, right? They they do. And it's actually crazy you said this. I said – and in, in – in scale, they are like Kentucky fans. There is a uh, a football team here. Fenerbahce football is like one of the best, like biggest, mm-hmm. best clubs in the world, most historic clubs. Well, it's the same with basketball. Like Fenerbahce basketball, like when you see that logo, you're like, oh. And it's the same thing. When you see somebody wearing like that UK, you're like, oh, okay. Like, this guy's legit. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because like even going out and getting like a Starbucks down by – like the, I live right by the arena – and like I went and got a, a coffee the one day before one of our preseason games, and I had like a we just signed a deal with Adidas, so like I had like an Adidas Fenerbahce shirt on, and the guy was like, "Oh, like Fenerbahce," and he's like, "Football," and I was like, "No, basketball," and he was like, "Oh, like can I take a photo with you?" I was like, "Yeah," and I was the same way in Kentucky. Like I'm never like I'll only say no if I'm running to do something. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, for sure." Well, then it like turned into this like. Four or five people were like, oh, and now that like we've played a game, people like recognize you. And I feel bad for some of my teammates because like they're big time names in Europe already. <laughs> Everywhere they go, it's like photo, 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 photo. So they are the most lo- – it's it's crazy. Like win, lose, draw, like they just – they no, there's no lose. There's no draw. They literally – it's Kentucky basketball. Yeah. They want, and if you win by two points, it's like – a win's a win, but they're going to let you know that yeah, it wasn't pretty. It's good. You just named every t- every Kentucky tweet from Big Blue Nation. When you <laughs> when you go over there, do you do a lot of research on the difference of the game? Like, a, are you a film guy? Like, okay, look, this is completely different. Playing it this way, more open here, because you're like a six ten guy six, who can shoot the rock. Are you playing it different? Is your game translate well over there? It it, it does. I I wasn't a big film guy uh, my rookie year. I just kind of like watched basketball to watch it. Because I enjoy basketball, but now I'm like addicted to watching, especially European basketball. Because I'm like, if the majority of my career is going to be over here, I need to master the game over here. And like, 
Nikola Mirotic is he's a, a four man here, and he plays for uh, Milan now, but he was in Barcelona for a while, and he's the highest paid guy in Europe for a reason. He's unstoppable. Six ten shoots a ball above his head, forty seven or something like that percent from three, averages like fifteen and five, fifteen and six. But he's so patient, Nick. His pace, you don't ever knock him off his pace. And the guy who just left uh, Olympiacos, Sasha Vizenkov, is now with the Kings, Sacramento Kings. He was EuroLeague MVP last year. Another guy, like, you just don't ever take him off of his his pace. Like, how he wants to play is how he's going to play. And so I I became like a like – a, I, I make this joke all the time, like a crackhead for watching these guys because I'm like – I need to watch how they play. They don't ever get frustrated. And Luke Sigma is another guy. He plays for Olympiacos now, but he was all over Berlin. One of the best passing bigs in Europe. And he's like in the top five, the top ten for assists every year, and he's a forward. Wow. But he's just – he sees the game. It's insane. And I'm like, okay, now if I can add a, like a – it's like a like a potion. I'm like, I want to mm-hmm. add a little bit of you know Miritich, a little bit of Sasha Vizenkov. I want to add – more Luke Sigma with his post-ups and his passing ability. And then I'm like, I'm watching, uh, he played in the NBA, Thomas uh, Sadoransky, like how he can guard, like guys like that that are mobile, mobile foremen. I need to watch those guys. I'm not a back-to-the-basket traditional guy anymore like I was when I was at Bucknell. I've kind of transitioned and blossomed into a guy that can space the floor, crashes rebounds and stuff like that. Coach Cal made a joke with me this summer, and he was like, when I, I told him where I was coming, and he was like, better watch it. He's like, He's like, you rebounded the ball a little bit better. And I was like, yeah, a little bit better. He's like, man, because you couldn't rebound here. And I started laughing. I'm like, damn, coach. Like, he's, And then he was like, hopefully you're rebounding the ball better than you did here. And I was like, I am, I am. The, but uh, uh, that's what it is, man. It's just it, the game is so so slowed down. Some teams play really fast, but others are very like boom, 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 every possession run of play. That's actually awesome to hear. You're evolving your game. and ba- That's actually really cool and really encouraging to hear. The travel question, the airport there is sick. I'm in it probably four times a year, five times a year because it's my outlet. It's like, you know, the best hub. Have you taken advantage of it yet and went to some cool countries or not yet? Where have you gone? We, we uh, like basketball-wise, we get to travel to uh, some of like the – like Tel Aviv. We go to Belgrade. Uh, we'll go to Barcelona, Valencia, Madrid, um, Kaunas in Lithuania, obviously Tel Aviv. Istanbul, because Ephesus is on the other side of the, the mm. river. Berlin, Munich. Oh, my God. I don't know the name of the city uh, where Basconia, they're a team in Spain. Basconia, they're in like northern Italy, mm-hmm. or northern Spain, sorry. And then we get to go to Milan and Bologna. I'm trying to think. We we uh, went to Moscow the other day for uh, like a four-day trip. Wow. Uh, for a preseason tournament. Like, it's cool because it's like you just – the stamps. I just got a new passport. I got like the fifty-four page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I almost ran out. So I'm like, man, I'm adding stamps and visas to the to the passport. But that is last so year I got sick. to go to got to go to London for the first time. Um, I went to Poland for the first time. Uh, I had gone to Italy for the first time. We played Trento and we flew into Venice. I didn't get to stay in Venice, which I'm sad about. Oh. I need to. I need to go. Well, I think you have to go. You have to go Venice. with your girl. I think you might have to go with your girl, though, I, right? Yeah, and she wants. We want to go to Lake Como. She's she's a uh, she loves traveling too. So it's hand in hand. It, it works well. She she likes traveling. She likes exploring as well. Oh, that I was gonna say. So how often do you get home? But she probably wants to come out there to see you, right? Yeah, uh, I didn't. 
go home last year because she was in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just anytime we head off, it was like a two hour flight yeah, to yeah. either Barcelona or to uh, Marseille in the south of France. Um, but flying to Barcelona was easy because you could just hop right on the highway and drive right to where she was in Bezier. Um, but the year before I got to go home for like four days, five days, and it was insane. But, and I actually purchased my first vehicle when I, when I went home. So I, I had built a brand new, like I wanted a Jeep Rubicon my whole life. So I built one on the computer and it was there when I got home and in February. And then it was my parents' driveway for, you know, two months. My dad would just send me photos and he's like, man, it's a good looking car. And I'm like, God, I love that thing. I know you had a game yesterday. How long is your season run from now? Uh, yesterday was what, October 1st? No. Yep. Yes. Yeah, October 1st. So we'll go October 1st or the first game for Turkish League. And then EuroLeague starts on Friday. EuroLeague ends like mid-May. Um, oh, okay. The Final Four will be in mid-May. And then Turkish League will go into like the first or second week of June. So it's 10 months almost on the nose from awesome when I first got here, August 22nd. All right, I've had you on here for over an hour. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick kick questions. But before that, I love Coach Cal. Like, I honestly think the man can walk on water. I met him so many – I've had so many players who played on the team. Cameron Mills is a very close friend. Every time I go down that meet Coach uh, Cal. Cameron's a great guy. I, I love him more than anything in the world. And every time I go down that, Cal's like, how many times are you going to meet me? Like, he's just so quick. He remembers me. <laughs> I, I, I love him to death. He preaches family, La Familia everyone's like, bro, it's true. Is it true that that's like his thing? Like, no, we're a, we're a family forever. It's not even they, like, I keep saying it's not even close. It's so, it's so, it is hands down, like, like family. I live there now with, uh, with Madison in, in Lexington. And like my first day on campus, I went in with a Bucknell tank top on to work out. And he was like, what? He's like, you didn't get enough gear when you were here. And two seconds later, I had a brand new shirt. He's like, that either. We don't wear that other stuff around here. And I was like, I got you. Like, I love it. He's no, he's the man. Like he he still texts my parents like on their birthday and on Christmas. Like he'll wish my mom a happy Mother's Day, wish my father a happy Father's Day. Like it's like a guy that is of his freaking stature. It, like his like persona takes a time out to text. You know, my parents from the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Like, it makes my dad's whole year. Like, of course. All five of his kids call him and we're like, hey, happy Father's Day. He's like, oh, thanks. Hey, Coach Cal texts <laughs> you. They were like, hey, you got five kids still, Dad. You know, but he, no, he, uh, it really is a family. And like, when I told him that I was proposing, he was like, the girl that you met when you were here, wow. you're still dating her. And I was like, yeah. He's like, something's wrong with her. And <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> One last. He's great, though, man. I, I love the man. Senior day. You know, they play my old Kentucky home. You run through the big circle, the paper circle thing. It's like you played there for a year. And as a fan, like you saw the fans loving you after one year. How is senior night, even though, you know, you're only there for a year. Like they embraced you and you're like a Kentucky Wildcat now forever. That's it. Like you can never yeah. scrub it off you. You can't. And I, and I, you know, I love the fact that I can't. And I tell people that I was, I'm still like my teammate last year, Tony Taylor. I tell him I was a mid-major product and he goes, no, you're not. He goes, you played for Big Blue. There's no mid-major anymore. Scratch that. And I said, well, my, my degree's from Bucknell. And he's like, nope, doesn't count. Like, But, man, that oh, the fact that we lost to Tennessee, I hate that. Uh, my last game of rep. But it, like, it was just like this full, like, encompassing moment for me and my family, this full circle, like, 
in my head, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to be there in the first place. I'm like, I have no business being on this roster, on this team, none of this. And it's like, Cal embraced me. Cal let me, you know, come in. I, you know, I embraced the role that he set for me and like jumping through that and then looking up and then there's a really cool photo uh, that I still have on my phone. It was like, they like the, oh, what's his name? Chet took it, the photographer. And it was like, I was standing in the middle of the court and in the background, it just like were people holding up Nate Sestina. And I'm like, dude, this is in Rupp Arena. And like I, my high school gym held like five or 600 people. And then this gym holds 25,000. And there was 25,000 people there. And it, I don't know, man, it, it, it sucks that it ended the way it ended. Cause I'm like, even to, the, to this day, it's the biggest what if of my life. Like, what if COVID never happened? Or what if it would have been, you know, three months later? Like, do you, th- and I'm to the, yeah, I would, we would have we would have won a national championship. And I don't care what anybody says. We were hot at the right time. But no, that, that last senior night, walking through the, the, the paper and all my teammates are hyping me up, can't beat it. We're going to finish up with some quick hit questions. You ready? I'm ready. You come to New York City. You and I are at a bar in New York City. We, you want to impress the whole bar. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? John Calipari. Not even close. Amazing answer. Just not even – incredible answer. <laughs> cool. Or Emmanuel Quickly because I know Quick would answer me. Well, I was going to say Quickly might be huge because they love him in New York. Like yeah. they love him. So that might be – As they should. Yes. As they might they go back and forth. How about coolest piece of memorabilia that you own? I have two. One is, I don't know if it's technically memorabilia or not, but uh, I have an autographed Mamba Mentality book from Kobe. That's a great, how can you beat that answer, by the way? So, yeah, that or I have uh, like my framed Kentucky jersey. That's that's what they want for me. Both of them are pretty good, though, all right? Yeah. (laughs) How about you're a big sports guy. One sporting event in history, any sport in the history of the world you wish you could have sat front row to watch? Oh, wow. Maybe the 2010 finals, the Lakers and Celtics. I think it was like the Lakers-Celtics. That's a good answer. I, I, I That or uh, Kobe's last game. I watched Kobe's last game live in college my freshman year, and I ended up getting a D on my paper because <laughs> I stayed up to watch the game. 100% worth Don't it. Don't my mom. You're talking about it now, so it's 100% worth yeah. it. Okay, how about this? Favorite show to binge watch? You're out there in Turkey. Sometimes you get bored. What show are you binge watching all the time? Right now, I'm watching Sopranos. Uh, I got HBO this summer, and it's oh my god! Wait, have you ever my, seen it before? Madison's always like, "Relax." No, I'd only oh. seen the first three episodes. So I I watched it two years ago for the first time. It's the greatest show. All you want to do is eat. It's the best show ever. I want to eat. I want to have the all gold Rolex yeah. day date like that Tony wears. I I I want to be Uncle Paulie. Like I really. There, it's it's, it's, it's awesome. okay. I'm not even Italian, and I love like I'm like I'm gonna raise my kids this way. I okay. love it. The famous question you have to ask every you know person from Kentucky: Keeneland or the Derby? I didn't get to go to either. Oh, all right. Well, edit that part out because you're living in Kentucky now, so you'll make it happen. <laughs> no, I know, but I've heard I've heard Keeneland in the fall is unmatched. But you got you got to go to the Derby. You got to get dressed up. Yes. So whenever I'm home for one of the two, I'm gonna go. I've never I never I never got to go. Because we had practice on the weekends in the fall, and then COVID happened. So I didn't get to go to either. All right, two more. Here we go. Favorite food to eat, 2 a.m., you come home, you can eat whatever you want. I know you're in Turkey. Any food you want at 2 a.m., what are you eating? I'm gonna, In Turkey, I'm going to go 
I might go like a, a traditional doner's like shaved meat with of course, the red yes. sauce and yogurt over the bread. But if I'm in America, I'm gonna have my dad's wood fired flank steak out out of the microwave. I'll I'll heat it up fresh off the grill. I'll eat it cold. Don't. It's the best steak in the world. And how about this one? Last one. People ask you now for autographs and pictures. Last time you asked someone for an autograph or a picture. Man, that's a dang. That's a tough one. Uh, is it either two or two or three years ago? Uh, I got this is these are two good ones. I got a picture with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Oof, I'm a huge boxing guy. That's a great answer. And then. My agent Omar is really, really good friends with Flavor Flav, and I went bowling with Flavor Flav. Where'd you go bowl? I know we're trying to finish up. Where'd you go bowling with him? I met I met Floyd in in Vegas as well. I'm really good friends with Floyd's nephew Jordan Crawford. Oh, and he played for the Westchester Knicks. The he's he's shorter. Unbelievable person. Unbelievable basketball player. Uh, Jordan's in Australia now. He's killing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I played against him the last two years here, but I got to meet Floyd through Jordan, and then I met. Uh, Flav through Omar, and we went. But we were in Vegas doing pre-draft. My brother Andrew was in town, and Omar. It was like late at night, and Omar's like, "Hey, like, what are you guys doing tonight?" And we're like, "Not different." I was gonna like throw a movie on and eat some popcorn. He's like, "Yo, like Flav," and he just said it like this. He's like, "Yo, Flav wants to go bowling." And my brother Andrew's like, "That he's a, he's a he." And my brother Jason are former Marines, and he's like very like prim and proper. At the time, he had started growing his hair out, so he like. Was doing this with his hair. He's like, like flavor, flavor. Like, yeah. Like, you can't just nonchalantly name drop flavor, flavor. We went bowling with him. Every time he sees me now, big name. No. Like, dude, it, like if I had his number, I could Facetime him and he would answer it. And he'd be like, "Yo, that he's, is he's a man." Awesome. That's a, you know what? That's went from a great quick hit answer picture question to an <laughs> epic story, bro. I feel bad. I, I, I I'm a I'm a talker, but. It, Dude, that's is, the best part. I, I want. That's what I want my guests to be a talker. It would be so boring if you were like, "Oh, flavor, flavor," which is a good answer. But you went into it, bro. No, he he, and he's a fantastic boy. He rolled like a two two seventy something. <laughs> Dude, that's one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. And I was like, I'll, I was like, I bet you ten bucks I beat you. And he he like slapped ten dollars on the table and was like, "All right, crush me." I think I rolled like a one like a one ten, and he was just strike, 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 strike. I'm like, damn, he's really good. Bro, this was beyond the blast. Like, I had such a good time. Thank you for – I know you said you – you. oh, you're a talker. That's perfect. You told awesome stories. I'm in Turkey, I think, like three or four times in the next, like, seven months just for, like, a day or two later. Hopefully a game um, matches up and I come see you play, bro. We'll link up. Dude, absolutely. You got tickets to the game and we'll we'll get you a jersey. We'll get you a friend about your jersey. Bro, that is so sick. Yo, thank you for doing this, bro. This was beyond the blast, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Be good, brother. You too. See you. Bye-bye.